Welcome, everyone, to the Mantown Football Podcast. I am your host for the evening, Z. I am joined by Arizona Ron. Um, it'll just be the two of us this morning. We're going to rip through some topics here. We're going to go with the West divisions of each conference. So, Ron, let's start off with just hit things running here. We'll start off with the AFC. We'll start off with those Kansas City Chiefs, everyone's darlings this year. Uh, big thing I see happening uh, in redraft. In Dynasty, I think his value is just dropping. Is Kareem Hunt? Um, I see him slipping, you know, late first, early second, and in, in redrafts. Um, in Dynasty, same thing. You'd think this guy would be a locked and loaded first round pick, and he might even be farther in those with his ADP. Um, what do you think are some of the factors on there? Or you just think this is all just kind of fear of Spencer Ware, or what do we got going on? I mean, I still can't get behind Kareem Hunt. I mean, I wasn't I wasn't a fan of him last year's rookie drafts, wasn't a fan of him last year's season long. Even after the wear injury, I still was skeptical. I mean, he scored a bunch of long touchdowns at the end of games. That's kind of what what holds in my mind. I I'm not a fan of him. I wouldn't take him in the late first, uh, late first, early second. I would rather I'd even rather grab Rob, Gronk- Rob Gronkowski than him and all the other running backs like uh from his class last year, like Leonard Fournette and Dalvin Cook, I'd rather have those guys ahead of him. I do like him. Yep. You like Kareem Hunt? Oh, I thought you said I like him, like not you yourself. No, I, I like Kareem Hunt, but I think there's a lot of factors there that scare me. You're right. It, it's kind of that Derrick Henry effect where like he's just reliant on one 50, 60-yard run, and that's where he's getting the bulk of his points from. Uh, I think people have a recency bias. I think the, the second half of the year is definitely going to scare some people away. And, and and Spencer Ware was what last year? Like, and I'm just thinking in redraft mind, like Spencer Ware is probably like a second round pick. Like this is just some scrub here. I mean, so Spencer Ware can come back and eat into some things. Um, I think changing at the guard and quarterback is going to hurt some things. Uh, spending some big money on Sammy Watkins, which is going to take some value away. So I understand why nine scrubbed off there. Well, I mean, if you had to like recalibrate the Kansas City Chiefs for 2018 as opposed to what they were in 2017, I mean, what do you, who do you think is kind of, where, where do you think the points shift? I mean, they were a dynamic offense last year. I mean, they add, like you said, they added Sammy Watkins. Where, where are the points going? Are Kelsey and uh, Hill going to kind of remain the same? Is Mahomes going to pick up right where Alex Smith left off? Where, what do you, what's your outlook on the whole team? Yeah, I think Mahomes will kind of pick up there. I, I don't want to say shootouts but just I mean the more and more I watch him at Holmes the more and more I realize he's going to turn the ball over a fair bit especially in his first season um as a full-time starter so uh, the point shooter is really comes down to Mahomes for me also because he does a ton with his legs I think I had heard a stat the other day we had 22 rushing touchdowns in college so like if he takes away three or four rushing touchdowns uh from Hunt um and Spencer Ware takes away you know a couple I mean a, a handful of touches game and maybe a couple touchdowns as well like I can see why his value is dipping um, well do you think so he- I think a lot of it is is solely reliance um on quarterback play there and, and those rushing yards and touchdowns and even some, you know some goal line work there well when it comes when it comes down to passing though do you think because uh, Alex Smith had just over 4,000 yards last year do you think that Mahomes can reach 4,000 I think he can because I think he's a gunslinger I think he'll take some chances but I don't, think he's got enough weapons there that he, he can do so. Don't you think um, that they're going to dial him back, though? Because isn't Kansas City's main point to win games and unleashing a basically a rookie quarterback and taking the reins off? I don't – I personally can't see that. I mean, I, I think that Mahomes throws for 500 less yards than Alex Smith threw for last year, and I think that really ends up hurting – 
Tyreek Hill and I don't even know. I, I want Sammy Watkins to succeed, but I just don't know how he, he can succeed. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that'll be a good segue into our next one. Um, where do you see Sam? I have Sammy Watkins as a true or false here, a top 15 receiver in 2018. I'd have to say, I'd have to lean false. I mean, I think where you're drafting him in these drafts, you're drafting him in like the wide receiver three wide receiver four range. So at those prices, I think he has good upside to, to pay back wide receiver two. And and who knows if it super breaks, right? Maybe low end wide receiver one production, but I wouldn't buy him at wide receiver top top 15 prices, if that makes sense. Right. And that's that's a lot that I've seen, especially in mocks and, and a lot of redraft things. You see Hill going in the third. You see Watkins going in about the fifth or sixth. I, truthfully, I'd take the Watkins in the sixth over the Hill in the three, but um, that's kind of a different story there. Um, moving on from Watkins, who do you see emerging as the wide receiver three in, in Kansas City and some question, is there any value to that person? No, there's no value. And actually, I want to just go back and talk about Tyreek Hill again because he's my arch nemesis here. Two years in a <laughs> row, I faded him. And two years in a row, he kicked me right in the balls. I mean, he efficiency, man, 75% catch rate. I mean, he caught like 75 balls on 100 and something targets. He had a, a little over 1,000 yards. He was super consistent with his PPR scoring. I mean, almost all of his games were at or above 10 points with a couple monster games in there. But what's really, really, really scares me is I watched a cut up this morning of him, and it was literally 74-yard touchdown, 64-yard touchdown, 50-yard touchdown. That bullshit end of the first quarter, our first half fucking dump off against Dallas where he got a 50-yard touchdown. Do you remember that? It was like a fucking screen. Was, they left like three quarters. It wasn't as the half was ending. It was as the football. half was ending, and they like played prevent defense, and he somehow got a, like a, it was like a 55-yard <laughs> touchdown on him. Like those, I just don't think you can change quarterbacks and maintain unreal efficiency. And this isn't even like unreal efficiency on like Jarvis Landry-type targets. This is like unreal right. efficiency on like 50 or 60-yard bomb touchdowns. I mean, the routes he's running are not intricate. It's pure speed from a short guy who's a UDFA. All of those things, I just can't still. You're three in a I row. Mean, let's let's Hill. just back it up a second here because the, the UDFA is because he's a horrible human being. I think if there weren't those domestic violence issues and, and theft in college and a, and a handful of other things, I think he's. He's definitely not a, a UDFA, but yeah. But uh, at, I, at I, five yeah. foot, at five foot two, even if you ran a JJ Nelson type forty, I mean, he wouldn't have been th that 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 type of player isn't isn't a first round player. He's not a second round player. I mean, he he also was I, just only because I have it pulled up here by no means, so I know this off the top of my head. But um, I was just looking up some stats. He was drafted in the fifth round. Not that I think that gives him any sort of draft capital to. to defend him or anything like that but he's at least not a udfa but the thing i will say about watkins is he's such a like a, i'll call him like a yo-yo player where it's just boom or bust i mean it's i'm just looking at the stats here it's like 100 you know 130 133 and one 40 and none 77 and one 35 and none uh you know it just goes back and forth every single week here it's just all over the place i, I mean i don't mind terry kill it's really team dependent like the, the makeup of your team if you have some say if you're going to draft like some safe guys like a, a Golden Tate or a Jarvis Landry guys who are going to give you a good baseline you can draft a Hill but I, I'm not I'm not into Hill as you know if you're if you're depending on Tyreek Hill as your as your wide receiver one you're in 
you're in some trouble. Um, let's move on just so we can try and rip through these. We've got seven more teams to go. Staying in the AFC West, we're on to the Los Angeles Chargers. Um, do you see the value of Philip Rivers rising this year, or is he just still going to kind of sit as that QB 12, 13, 14, somewhere in that range, you know, one of those guys in redraft who just back, draft back-to-back in rounds 9 and 10, or is this someone who you could see, you know, breaking out? I don't want to say breaking out. He's obviously had big seasons, but, you know, being a, a, a top five, top six fantasy option this year. Well, I think the big story with Philip Rivers is he always has faded toward the end of these seasons. Um, I think he's I think he's a lock for greater than 4,000 yards. I mean, that team's going to throw the ball a ton. He loves my, my favorite thing about Philip Rivers is he's one of these Ben Roethlisberger, Philip Rivers type guys that just doesn't give a fuck and takes chances. He will throw the ball 182 times to Keenan <laughs> Allen. He don't give a fuck. He will do it. So he he'll he'll take too many chances. They'll lose a couple games because of it. Um, I, I love for fantasy quarterbacks with that mentality, but I don't think you're getting some sort of crazy season out of Philip Rivers. Um, I don't think that they have the weapons. I think their defense ends up putting them in. They should have one of the best defenses in the league, and that should yeah. put them in in game scripts, you know, where they're not throwing the ball a gazillion times. But I, I still think he's a lock for his like career, uh, slightly above his career average, you know, around four thousand or so yards. Yeah, I, uh, I I can see him rising. I can see. I mean, um, I don't have the ADP list in front of me, but you know, guys who are who are kind of sitting ahead of him, I can see why he'd jump up there. Um, their pass, passing offense was was pretty efficient last year, um, but we'll we'll move on from Rivers here. Well, do you think um, do you so think that um next, do you think that any well, anyone else in this team besides Keenan Allen, Philip Rivers, and Melvin Gordon even matter? Oh, Mike Williams. I mean, the next one I was going to go with was Mike Williams and Tyrell Williams. Which one of those guys? become kind of fills into that i don't want to say a hunter henry role but it eats up that target share there who's who's getting it this year i, I think for, i'll just kind of kick it off here i think that the obvious answer is mike williams in that red zone 10 zone big body um but henry has a lot of stuff uh, you know up the middle and i, I think tyrell tyrell williams can go there so it's kind of like a pussy halfway answer but would you if you had to put a chip down who are you putting it on one of those two guys this year just just for this year just just one shot not mike williams for the foreseeable future i would i would say this year tyrell williams because i mean i've seen him put almost a thousand i mean he might have even had a thousand yards that season catching bombs i mean he's just one of these late 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 round guys that i think can can give you some sort of production because they had before but he's not, not i mean neither of these guys to me are anything more than like a wide receiver three four fill-in kind of guy they're not they shouldn't be like you shouldn't be thinking that they're going to ascend to somewhere in the roster. I mean, Mike Williams, I mean, what's he going to go from no stats as a rookie to what are you expecting? A thousand yards. I mean, I don't think, I don't even think he can get that many targets to do that. So, I mean, I think five, 600 yards is a good season for Mike Williams. And that just doesn't do anything for me for fantasy. And I, I liked Mike Williams in college. Right. Yeah. I mean, it'll be, it'll be interesting. I think Mike Williams, like I said, I think, I see him kind of as that 10 zone target kind of guy. Um, I mean, if he's putting up close to double digit touchdowns, even if he only has seven, 800, you know, seven to 800 yards, like I can see him probably finishing the year. I mean, definitely inside the top 36, if not higher. Um, hey, have you ever so owned, we, you ever owned Melvin Gordon anywhere? Uh, yes, I have owned Melvin Gordon. The 0% efficiency somehow pulls touchdowns out of his ass. Melvin Gordon. 
I've never even thought about drafting that motherfucker. Like he almost is. <laughs> I, I don't want to say I cross him off the board, but there is never. It's always too early to draft him in my mind, and I don't even know why. Guys put up some good stats. I didn't like him at at uh in the fucking Big Ten, uh, but I mean, he just looks like he looks too scrawny to me. I feel like he's gonna fall apart. I've heard some things where he had beefed up this year uh, in the in the off season, so that'll be interesting. Um, I know he, I think he finished as a top five running back last year. Yeah, I just pulled it up. He, was, he finished as the fifth ranked running back. Um, you know, Kamara, Hunt, Bell, and Gurley in front of him, which I guess you'd kind of expect, especially with Hunt's big time season. They're just like watching Melvin Gordon run. I've never been impressed by Melvin Gordon. So let me just throw out some of these, um, just kind of dynasty ADP things and tell me, you know, kind of this or that Melvin Gordon or, uh, so Melvin Gordon or Kareem Hunt. I'd go Kareem Hunt just for the years. Uh, I think these running backs, once you get a couple of years in the league, it's kind of like, I don't want to buy you. Right. Uh, <clears throat> Melvin, I mean, I, I was, had the next one queued up, but I guess it'll be the same sort of thing. It's uh, Melvin Gordon or Leonard Fournette. Oh, it's got to be Fournette. Fournette like three million times more. <laughs> All the time more. <laughs> All the time. Um, what was the next one here? Fournette, or this one's interesting, Antonio Brown. I'm sorry, not Fournette, uh, Gordon or Antonio Brown. I would go Antonio Brown. I mean, I think they literally, at, at 30, 29, 30 years old, I think Antonio Brown has as many productive years as Melvin Gordon does in in their career. All right, I'll give you one last one. We'll move on to the to the Raiders here. So we'll lead in with a this or that on the Raiders. You go on Melvin Gordon or Amari Cooper? I'll take Amari Cooper. All Jeez, easy. Wicked easy. I played that one close to the chest with you with your love for Amari Cooper, but I thought the production of Melvin Gordon would trump it. But all right, moving on. We're on to the Raiders. Chucky's back in town here. Um, first one I got here is I know it's definitely put up or shut up time for Amari Cooper. I know Derek Carr signed that, signed that big boy contract. If they have an absolutely down year, what is the fate of both these guys? Well, I mean, they can't get away from Derek Carr. They're locked into him for at least two more years. So they're not, they they are ride or die with him. I mean, you can't sign a $100 million contract and try to get out after years two and three here. So I, I can't foresee them having a completely down year. I mean, unless Gruden comes in and tries to like really fucks things up. But I don't even think his the moves that he made this year are that bad. I mean, I'm the biggest Martavis Bryant fan out there too. So, and I mean, I I've been riding Marshawn Lynch now since I thought he was going to come back from retirement. Um, <laughs> so, I mean, I I don't mind the moves that they made. I mean, they, yes, they do have an older roster. Yes, some of their moves are are atypical to what like especially new and progressive coaches would be doing. But I mean, could I see Jordy Nelson coming in and putting up a thousand yards and? I mean, Martavius Bryant, I mean, he he could catch, he could become Tyreek Hill. I mean, Amari Cooper, I yeah. think, I think I, I can't imagine Amari Cooper getting under 1,000 yards this year and under like 150 targets. So, I mean, what's your overall but outlook don't we for the team? Amari Cooper every single year, like every single year, it's just hype train Amari Cooper. This is his year. This is our guy. And then every year he just kind of doesn't. I mean, he has a good season, but it's never anything spectacular. Like, I understand he puts up points, but, like, he's the guy there. And now with Crabtree being shipped out, um, which is still insane to me. Like, looking at the contracts, they're like, Crabtree's contract is basically the same thing as Jordy Nelson's. Why Why are you 
cutting one and signing the other. Well, I mean, he did that chain um, that chain snatching thing where they freaking he ripped um, Tilib's chain off and they fought in the thing. I mean, stuff like that. I mean, he he just seems like an, an overall asshole. So, I mean, you right. can't, the locker room stuff like that, no one will ever really know, but it just seems like sometimes these guys, I'm sure, just wear out their welcome. Plus, but I'm just saying, like, with, with Cooper, just jumping back into that, like, I think he can easily put up a thousand. He's done it multiple times before, but, like, you watch him play and you feel like he should be so much better. You should feel like he should be getting way more targets or in we is getting them catching way more balls inside the red zone. And it just doesn't happen. Like, I, I don't know. Like, I've defended Amari Cooper. I've had him in our keeper league since he was a rookie. Like I keep riding with this guy. I'm sure I'm pretty sure you have a handful of shares of him. Like, I, I don't know. I don't get it. I, I think if he does not put up like a 12, 1300 double digit touchdown season, like the hype train needs that this guy can't be a first round, you know, close to a first, second round startup pick anymore. Oh, definitely. A, definitely a make or break here. I mean, he definitely has to, he he has to have well over a thousand yards and more than five touchdowns this year to to even maintain his value. I mean, if he even comes out with a eleven hundred and five touchdown season on like you know eighty catches, let's say, I think his value his value dips a little bit. I mean, and if anything less, I think it just exponentially falls. So definitely, What's funny is that's actually pretty dead on to his exact best season. His best season is. In 2016, 83 catches for 1,100 yards and five touchdowns. So you're, if you're saying he matches his best season, that's like I said, like that's not impressive enough for me, right? Yeah, but he did that. He did that as like a 21 year old rookie and a 22 year old sophomore. He's only a 24 year old fourth year player. I I think the career trajectory after last year's down year is is nothing but up, and I think. For me, I can just make excuses and write off a lot of last year's problems on Derek Carr being hurt, coming off of, we talked about it last week, the, the broken leg the year before and then the broken back halfway through the season. I think the injuries to quarterbacks at, and the Ravens with Flacco, the Bucks with Winston and the Raiders with Carr were ones where these, these quarterbacks played through them and I feel like they dragged the offenses down and they almost artificially lowered the value of these teams. And I think that two of those three teams, the Bucks and the Raiders should be in the comeback this year. And I can even see, you know, Joe Flacco is in, in the Ravens as being like a sneaky kind of decent offense. I mean, going from like being the shithole bottom of the league to being, you know, kind of in the middle, which, which increases their production. And I think makes all of them like viable options and viable offenses this year. Right. No, I can I can definitely get behind that. I can get behind that Flacco stuff as well. Um, moving on, uh, if you know we still had the website up and running here, I think this would be a, a big time candidate for my No Love Club. Um, is Marshawn Lynch, uh, Ron? If I ha if you had to guess where uh, Marshawn finished in full PPR scoring last year as a running back number, where would you guess? I think he put up like 150 points, so he probably was. Uh, running and he was pretty good at the end of the year too. I mean, we rode him in the in the playoffs in our 750 and and cash third with him. So I would say he probably was uh, like running back 15, 16. But, yeah, a little bit lower, but running back uh, 19. Which I mean, I knew that he had a pretty good year, but I mean, he's above guys on this like uh, Murray, who I thought had a great second half of the year. Duke Johnson, Tevin Coleman, McKinnon. Um, below Powell, had a, you know, not that it's like a big time name, but who had a, some pretty good games um, above, you know, Mixon, Ajayi, Drake, all guys who had like, you know, their their time, their game. So 
Um, seeing him up that high was was a little surprising to me. But you're right; he had a solid second half of the year. Um, and he played all and the he's, games. Yeah, I mean, he played. So he played 15 games. Um, but I mean, th- this is a guy who, you know, if you're in a, in a win now, that's definitely a guy you could probably buy pretty cheap. Um, if you're going wide receiver heavy in your in your redrafts, it's definitely someone who can get in probably sixth, seventh, eighth round territory pretty cheap for a guy who's going to put up at least RB two and and for some weeks, especially if he's getting to, you know he's he's maybe he's pounding a couple in you know on the goal line there RB one numbers. So well, so um, Marshawn Lynch seems to be wildly overvalued in the in the fantasy community to me. I mean, and I understand there's not a not a lot left on there, but. I can see him playing. You mean undervalued, two more right? Years. I can see him playing this year and kind of being the face of the franchise going into Vegas next year. So you you mean undervalued, right? Like you would you would take him, right? Absolutely, yeah. So here's here's my thing. I own him as my running back two or running back two, running back three on, I think all but one of my dynasty rosters because he was so cheap last year, and I I mean I bought in early. We paid we overpaid for him, etc. How many carries do you think he gets this year? Like, what do you have him as stats up here? What did he have I, for I carries he, last year? Two, 200 is his absolute cap. Oh, really? Yeah. So, you, so you, <laughs> do you think he even gets to a thousand yards then? Uh, it's going to be, if he has, if he's pretty efficient on it, yes. I mean, he was pretty efficient last year. He was, he was a little over four a carry. Um, I think he's on a, a pretty heavy pitch count on that. How the thing carries? that scares me with him, and this was a, another topic I had, but it, it combines with this. It just, I don't think he's really going to do much, but just the kind of ghost of Doug Martin kicking around. They're like, they didn't pay Doug Martin money to go there and do nothing. He didn't go there to just, you know, be cut, be a training camp cut. He didn't go there to get a couple touches a game. If he's getting, you know, seven, eight, nine touches a game, which I, I can see happening, like that's really going to hurt. Marshawn Lynch. Um, and I think that that's, what's going to keep him around that 200 carry count. Like, I don't think, I'm not saying Doug Martin's going to go in there and set the world on fire, but I'm saying if he's going in there and getting seven to eight touches a game, that's really going to hurt Marshawn's value. Yeah. I'm hoping, I'm hoping for a little bit more. I'm hoping uh, a, a bit shy of 250, but coming close to 250 for the carries, hopefully. Gotcha. All right. We'll move on to the Broncos to wrap up the AFC. Uh, side of things what do you see ron the value of jake butt in 2019 oh i can't 2019 um i don't know so i'm saying like so look at him you know what he's going to do this season what do you look at his value from a dynasty perspective in 2019 i mean that's a that's a great question i mean i don't i don't think tight end i think tight ends take a couple years to kind of acclimate to the league um i Jake Butt wasn't a dynamic athlete at all coming out. I mean, he didn't even do any of the, the pre-draft um, testing because he tore his ACL late in the, their bowl game. But I think I don't have very, very high expectations for him. Um, people said he might have been a second-round pick if he didn't tear his ACL right before that. But, I mean, I, I kind of thought he would be like kind of a jag athlete. Um, so I don't yep. think – I don't I wasn't really ever too, too high on him. But, I mean, if he has like, you know, 30 – 30 receptions for you know 400 yards this year I think that would be a success but I don't I still don't think anything he does is going to really elevate elevate him to a a really high 2019 draft pick I mean I think this team just like just like in previous iterations relies on their wide receiver one and wide receiver two and Demarius Thomas and Emmanuel Sanders end up getting you know 60 percent of the 
not 60, that's too much, but like, you know, 50% of the <laughs> overall target share, you know, I could see each of the guys com- coming close to like, you know, 23, 24, 25% of the target share for that team. I mean, what do you think? Yeah. Um, I think it's just like you said there, the, the tight ends are usually a pretty slow burn on things. Um, I can see him kind of being thrust into a bigger role this year, but you're right. I mean, most of that, that passing work does go between two guys. And I, I, I mean, I don't have the stats in front of me, but I bet you if we pulled it up, I, I can almost guarantee you it's over half of those targets go to Sanders and Thomas. So I don't think you're real far off with saying 60% go to him. Um, but I think Jake Butt's value going into 2019, I mean, if he has a decent campaign, he puts up, let's say, five or six touchdowns there. Keenum has you know a, a fair season, which we'll get into in a second. Um, I could see him being like an, you know, like an early two guy. I mean, he's if it it really depends on what happens this offseason here with some of those receivers, which we'll get into as well. So um, I'll move into to those receivers, Ron. Uh, true or false? Demarius Thomas will finish this year as a wide receiver one. Probably false, but I mean, he's what is he going? He's like a wide receiver three price, and he's definitely going to be a wide receiver two at least. So I would totally buy him again this year. I mean, last year I hyped his ass up too and uh, had him all over the place. Um, and this, this year looks to be him and Delaney Walker. I'm probably going to own those two guys definitely on every single team. <laughs> um, Emmanuel Sanders will finish the year as a wide receiver three. I think that's a lock. I mean, I think he definitely is going to end up getting, you know, 120 targets. Um, I feel like his game translates to, to more longevity, like Antonio Brown-esque than Demarius Thomas's does. But I, I think that, like I said, both those guys are going to get, get fed with targets. So I think that both are locked into like wide receiver two numbers. I mean, I think DT is probably closer to the wide receiver one range of the, of the uh, wide receiver twos. And I think that uh, Emmanuel Sanders is closer to the wide receiver three portion. So, you know, if you told me that DT was – Wide receiver 16 and Emmanuel Sanders is wide receiver 20. I would say that's, yeah, I agree. Do you like either yeah. of those guys better than the other? No, I, I definitely like DT. I've ridden him for years in multiple leagues, and um, he always seems to be like wildly undervalued. I mean, I understand like post Peyton Manning season, he was he was all big there, but I remember having DT like his rookie year with with Tebow in there, and just like where he would catch like a five yard slant and just rip it. Like it was just all him just manning through people. Um, so I'm big to And I think I've read some things about Demarius kind of changing more, being more of a possession guy going forward and kind of changing, you know, his body build and um, how he's going to play the game, uh, especially for 2018. Uh, the last thing I'll say is Demarius Thomas and Emmanuel Sanders are both not Broncos in 2019. Uh, yeah. 2019. I think they got to keep one of them, but I mean, I don't. I mean, if you told me they're both gone, then uh, cool. <laughs> Indifferent. <laughs> All right. Um, well, let's go on to we'll, we'll kind of speed things up a little. Get into the NFC portion of things now. Um, we'll start off with the LA Rams. Uh, since we uh, <clears throat> we'll start off with uh, Brandon Cooks here. Signs that big boy contract there. For fantasy purposes, because I don't think he'll ever truly be on the field, do you see Brandon Cooks as a locked and loaded wide receiver one for the foreseeable future? God, no. God, no. I mean, I think (laughs) he is just one of those guys that uh, 
that's going to get you like the Amari Cooper thousand yard, you know, six touchdown. But I mean, he just, his ceilings just not there for me. I mean, he, he, in my mind is a more consistent, better version of Tyreek Hill, you know, just your short, fast guy that, uh, he, he actually can run some routes, but I don't think you can make them the focal point of your offense, even though he may have gotten paid like that. This whole, this whole team, to be honest with you, is a conundrum for me. And I just have to go back to my major, my major, stick which is just regression i mean like teams can't be that efficient um and then year after year after year and the nfl ends up figuring you out so i feel like they are due for some natural comeback to the pack especially in terms of touchdowns um i mean are you you're not you're, you're not a brandon cooks guy right no not by any means like I, I i like brandon cooks i think he's a perfectly adequate receiver i think he can put up you know wide receiver one numbers at times i think he's a burner but like i I don't see the uh, number one. I don't see that contract, and I get the state of the NFL, and that's where things are at. And, and Watkins and, and who else signed this offseason? And, and Allen Robinson dictated that money. So he, I mean, and they traded for him, and they certainly weren't going to give up a first round pick and not pay this guy. So everything was in Brandon Cooks's court to kind of negotiate that contract. But that contract is ludicrous. Like that guy just got more guaranteed money than Le'Veon Bell was even offered. And I understand it's a twenty four year old receiver versus what a twenty eight year old running back. 27-year-old running back. 26, but yeah. It, yeah, it, it's still just ludicrous to me. So, no, I'm, I'm not a, a, a Cooks guy. I'm definitely not into him for that money. I'm so happy the Patriots traded him and, and got what they could, and they basically upgraded a draft pick uh, for slots for a year rental on Cooks, which is fucking awesome. Um, but, no, I'm, I'm not into him whatsoever. As, well, as a wide receiver one um, in, in fantasy, I'm not into him as a wide receiver one for the Rams. Um but we'll, we'll jump on, um, we'll go on to, well, let me, let me, let me just jump in real quick because I, this is one of the major things I've been trying to concentrate a little bit more on is just contracts and salary cap. So when these, when these teams sign stuff, everyone always makes these like apples to apples comparisons. Like, Oh, if Sammy Watkins got $15 million a year, then Brandon cooks gets $15 million a year. Like that, that means they want to use them the same. They, it's like an extrapolation, but all the teams, all the teams' salary caps are all different. And teams like the Rams, like, I mean, obviously they're pretty clearly gearing up for the next couple of years when they're using the, the Russell Wilson Seattle Seahawks formula where they get this QB that quote unquote hit is on a super cheap deal. And then they can just use that money to pay everyone else, lock in these players for, you know, two, three years and then kind of, just go for it. And that's what I feel like they're doing right now. So I don't, I don't necessarily think the money matters that much. Like they would need to have paid him to lock him up anyway. I mean, if freaking Dante Moncrief's getting like $10 million a year, 9.8, I mean, Brandon Cook should get, I mean, but shouldn't that money matter when they're going to have to sign Aaron Donald? I think it's after this season, like that money should matter. Yeah. But it's a big part of their team, but it's okay because they signed their quarterback instead of paying, you know, Derek Carr, 15, 20 million dollars a year, whatever. What, what did Derek Carr stand for? 20 million dollars a year, like 120 <laughs> over six. Instead of paying 20 million dollars a year, they're paying a five year or four year, 30 million dollar contract to Jared Goff. So, I mean, they have 15 million dollars a year of just wiggle room almost to kind of. Like, right. I'm, these I'm not arguing that. I'm saying from, from Watkins, I'm sorry, from Watkins, from Cook's perspective. He had all the chips. I mean, he had everything in, in, in his hand because he can compare those contracts and he knows that he he had them, you know, on a short one here because he can look at those contracts, say this is, you know, where the baseline's at. 
and he was able to get that kind of deal. I'm, I'm saying from the Rams' perspective, it's not like we're the, the Browns where they have all this backloaded money and they can just piss it away. Like they're, they're going to be tight. And they, I don't even, I think, is Donald playing on a tag this year? Like they couldn't sign him to a deal, but they're going to sign Cooks. Like that's just ludicrous to me for a team where, when Aaron Donald is probably top three at his position in the league, like why not lock him up? Yeah, I mean, I I don't know their whole contract structure and how and how they what how much cap they have, but I'm just saying like just just because one team signs a player for X amount of millions of dollars doesn't necessarily mean like that's. No, I'm all, not saying that they're good, then going to get the same production, but I'm saying from a bargaining perspective, I mean, I'm just going from it from my own like teacher's contract here. If you know this district is getting this much percentage of raise, like. Yeah, I would like to do something similar, and that's the way that we're going to go about things. So if you have a similar receiver, go out there and get this much money. Like You're probably not going to take this much less than them. Like, you're going to want something comparable. You're not going to go in there guns blazing and say that you want to get paid. You know, you want to be the highest paid at your position. I don't think Brandon Cooks was in that position. Um, but I'm saying like he at least had a baseline to go off of, like a, a starting point to find. Um, that's, my, that's my thing with Cooks. Um, all right, we spent too much time with goddamn Brandon Cooks. We'll just do one more on the Rams here. Um, if you're owning a Rams tight end uh, for this season, who are, we, who are we rolling with? Oh, Gerald Everett's my man. I can't get over. I mean, I've said this every episode, I think. I can't get over that he was the first Sean McVay pick ever. I mean, they didn't have a first or a second rounder last year. Uh, so yep. they, they end up taking him as their first player. Um, I mean, they... Maybe not even this year, um, but I'm gonna I'm gonna hold him until the wheels fall off till I till I he's not on that team anymore. <laughs> so so no love for for Hickby. We're just we're rolling all Everett. No, nah, I mean those. I mean tight end for me. You either got to be awesome or not. I mean there's there's only two options. I don't I don't want the middle of the road. I don't want Jesse James. I don't want these these guys. I don't want Tyler. Hickby. Don't go. Blasting Jesse James because Coach isn't here to defend himself. Although I think uh, Coach has moved on to Vance McDonald now. So I'm on Vance McDonald because he's at least he's at least some sort of an athlete. So okay. Uh, well, let's move on uh, to the 49ers tier. Uh, who is your? You know, I'm trying to pose this a little better than I should have. Who is your? Uh, Who's your receiver to own in 2019 on the 49ers? 20, you keep getting me with these 2019 things. I mean, I it's for me, price-wise, got to be Pettis. I mean, they, at least they took him. They traded up to get him. I mean, I know. You ever seen traded... Pettis, Pettis play, though? Like, I don't understand how he's going to be the survive. Like, not played in the like, level. Like, fucking survive. I feel like he's going to get cracked once and be done. Well, I mean, better than the options right now. you got a 42-year-old wide receiver coming off a neck injury and a track athlete on the other side. I mean, those are <laughs> those are Garcon and, and Goodwin. I mean, I, I don't know who else. You want the, the white guy in the slot? You want Trent Taylor over there? That guy, No, that I mean, I, I actually apart. do think Trent Taylor is a little undervalued. But um, no, I, I'm just curious. I, the reason I say 2019 is I think Garcon's going to come, and I think Garcon's still going to have a nice season. I say 2019 only because do you buy into Goodwin being a long-term play for them? No, no, no. I think that they their number one wide receiver is probably not even on their team. And to be honest with you, one thing I wanted to look up this week was do the Vikings have enough money or enough cap space with their defense getting paid and with Kirk Cousins and Adam Thielen getting paid to be able to sign Stefan Diggs? Like if Stefan Diggs has a 
1,200 yard, eight touchdown season, and he's up for his contract because they don't get to do the fifth year option with him since he was a whatever fifth round pick. Mm-hmm. Do they even have enough money to, to give him like a Brandon Cooks deal? Because I feel like that's what he's going to command. And I'm not sure that they do. So if Diggs is on the market, I don't necessarily know who else is a free agent off the top of my head. But I mean, some guy like that could just slide on in there and just Jarek McKinnon windfall it. Yeah, I, I think uh, I think you're definitely right on that. I, can see, I mean, there's been a lot of talk how this 2019 wide receiver draft class is going to be a big time receiver class. So maybe they go out and get their guy then. Um, maybe they they do bring in a rookie. They do sign a receiver because maybe they see that Jimmy G window is not as long as they'd like it there. Um, so that'll be interesting to see uh, going forward. Um, I think I know the answer to this. But is this the highest we're ever going to see Jerick McKinnon's value in Dynasty right now? Or can Fuck you see him going yes. up, putting up some numbers and somehow no. exploding Get, value a little bit more than it already has been? No, this is the classic. It, please, if you're playing Dynasty for the first time, if you have a guy that wasn't doing shit and then got <laughs> hype and is now worth a million dollars, sell that motherfucker. People, I've done this so many times where I've fucked up and I've kept the guy on my roster because he's going to be the next one. I mean, unless he has one of these like absolutely locked in profiles, like he's a round one athlete, like just a stud in college, like stud collegiate production. I mean, unless he is like a cornerstone player, if he comes out of nowhere, just sell the guy, like just cash in and let the other guy get the one to two good seasons. Maybe probably not out of Jarek McKinnon. He was literally on the waiver wire halfway through of last year. And now he's now he's getting like in Dynasty, you can get like two first round picks for him. He's like a he's like a second round ADP in redraft. I mean, no, it's it's ludicrous to me his, his value there. I, I can't see it being any higher than it is, and and I can even see them being, you know, a big time running back spot. I mean, I could see them trying to go out and get a love in next year's draft. Maybe go trying to get uh, Coleman as a free agent next year. So uh, it, it'll be interesting. I think that McKinnon contract's really front loaded. I think it was a thing kind of like we, we've, we've talked about with the Browns where this contract looks a lot bigger than it actually is. Um, but you're, you're right. I mean, sorry, Kev, if you're listening, but Arizona Ron thinks you should sell Jarek McKinnon. So coach is right there. Uh, next one I have here is a little Jimmy G, this or that, just with ADP. Um, the latest ADP I have him is the seventh quarterback off the board. Um, so this one here, would you go, Ron? Just I'm just going to go rapid fire. Jimmy G or Cam Newton? Cam Newton by far. Jared Goff. Oh fuck, Jared Goff. I'll take. Uh, I'll take neither. I would. I would wait ten rounds and wait for, and get freaking Philip Rivers. <laughs> uh, Mariota. Mari Mariota by far. Cousins. Cousins by far. Stafford. Absolutely. Wow. Uh, Andrew Luck. I would rather have Andrew Luck uh, and then him not play and then pick up someone off the waiver wire than have Jimmy G. You're such an asshole. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, <laughs> we'll move on uh, from the 49ers. We're going on to Arizona Ron's boys here, the Arizona Cardinals. Um, Ron, can you give me some sort of insight? Because I've seen him play – I've watched actually, uh, oddly enough, some college tape on him because it was a, it was a trade target of mine this offseason. More and more, I looked at, it, I was like, nah, I'm pretty good. Is where is this? Who is shoveling the coal 
into this goddamn hype train of Ricky Seals Jones. I, like, where is this coming from? Is it just because he's the only show in town? Like, where is this hype coming from? I don't understand it. I don't know. Tr- pushing bouncers trying to piss at the W though in Scottsdale is not not the way to not the way to go down. I mean, that's not even a. <laughs> Stop getting arrested in Scottsdale, everybody. I mean, that's where Michael Floyd got his crazy DUI where he stopped at the light. I mean, Jesus. I mean, it's fun out there, but calm it down. Ricky, I mean, Ricky Seals-Jones, I mean, I think people like the uh, the converted wide receiver. I mean, they think they, they see the athletic upside. But for me, I watched a bunch of uh, bunch of his tape from last year, and dude just got lost. I mean, it's not like yep. he was doing it on his own. I mean, he was just wide the fuck open. And, and now people, I think... I can say the story where, you know, Bruce Arians offense doesn't even feature the tight end. So maybe this new offense will, and I'm not buying it. I, I mean, I wouldn't buy Ricky Seals Jones. I would cash out on him. Like I would cash out on Jared McKinnon. <laughs> yeah. I mean, but the thing is like, when you, when you say cash out on him, like, I don't really think he can get, well, like, what can you honestly get for Seals Jones? Like, I don't think I'd pay. I don't even think I'd pay a three for him. Would you? I mean, I wouldn't, but I think you can. I think you can reasonably get like a. If you did Seals Jones in a fourth, you could probably get to a second in dynasty leagues. I think you could trade him straight up for another tight end you might like. Like you could definitely get Gerald Everett for him. You could probably might have to add a little, or you could try to get Vance McDonald straight up. Um, I would put something with Ricky Seals Jones to try to get Delaney Walker. Um, those are those are different things I would try to do with him. <laughs> But just those are all if my. If I could comments. just go one Mantown football episode without hearing you talk about Delaney Walker, it would just be a fabulous life. It's my man. Um, <laughs> my boo. All right. the uh, The next one I have here is uh, Larry Fitzgerald. Uh, I believe Larry Fitzgerald in 2017 was our receptions leader again. Do you see him putting up wide receiver one numbers again for 2018? He's got to be locked in. I mean, he's. I'm. Do you think he he puts up over a hundred catches? I mean, I definitely do. Uh, I think it. I think it'll be closer this year than it has been, uh, especially if, which is more likely than not, Sam Bradford goes down. Um, if you have Kirk in there eating up a handful of targets, if you have David Johnson coming back and getting a ton of targets, like I, I don't know. I can see a world where he finishes low nineties in receptions. I'm not saying he's going to fall off a cliff, um, but I don't think he's going to lead the league in receptions again. I, I think we're going to start to see a little bit of signs of age. I think Kirk's going to eat into there. Uh, I think David Johnson is definitely going to eat into there where uh, I think it was 2016, obviously yeah, because David Johnson didn't play last year where if you just took, I, I believe even you told me this, Ron, whereas if you took David Johnson's stats of just his reception and, and, you know, receiving yards and touchdowns and just his rushing stats, he would have finished as an RB one and wide receiver one. Um, so I think those receptions are going to come back in full swing uh, with David Johnson there. So I, I don't know. I, I, I can see a world where he finishes where Fitzgerald finishes. Well, I think he'll still finish as a fringe wide receiver one, um, but I don't know if he's necessarily locked and loaded. So that'll be interesting to see. Um, the next one that I have here is another one with value slipping. We kind of talked um, earlier about some of these guys falling with Reem Hunt falling down the board. Uh, David Johnson seems to be falling down a little bit. Uh, you know, and I've seen him go as early as you know as two. I've seen him go as late as ten. And and some of these uh, just looking at uh, different startups, 
what, where do you see just, is it just people afraid of the injury? Is it that they know they're not going to be a good team again? Like what's the fear? What's the rationale on David Johnson here? I think it's the questionable offense. They don't know. They don't know if Arizona is going to be even like people don't like to own players on bottom offenses in the league. So you don't, you don't want to own jets. Like it's obvious things like that. So people think that Arizona could be one of the bottom offenses in the league because there's so many question marks at quarterback. I mean, wide receiver outside of Larry Fitzgerald offensive line, everything there's question marks everywhere. But I think David Johnson's a horse. I mean, I would take David Johnson probably. I don't want to say as my, as my running as the number one overall player. I mean, if I was on the board, number one in a redraft league right now, I honestly don't know who I would take between Le'Veon Bell David Johnson and Todd Gurley. I, I would probably take Ezekiel Elliott just because I feel like he's going to get 500 <laughs> carries and I don't want to make uh, the choice. I, I remember we were talking uh, when I was in that, that super flex startup a few weeks ago and I had it going into it as David Johnson as my RB2 and he ended up falling to me to eight, which I was ecstatic about. Um, yeah, I have him just behind Gurley. There's too many question marks with Bell. There's too many. I mean, there's character issues there, too, where if he gets popped for something, he's going to get suspended from a lot of games. I think the Cowboys are not going to be good this year. I don't think Dak Prescott's dangerous. I think the receivers are going to be terrible. I can see them just really honing in on Zeke. So I have David Johnson roasted as my two in, in redraft and in dynasty um, for a lot of different reasons. I think any of those four guys, for me, are reasonable as the number one overall pick, and I can make cases for all of them. I, I think I would just go with the volume with Elliott. Um, but I think David Johnson honestly has the highest ceiling. I mean, I think if you told me he got a thousand receiving yards and a thousand rushing yards and, you know, 20 total touchdowns, I, I would say that's okay. <laughs> um, all right. Well, we will move on from your Arizona Cardinals. We'll finish up here in the NFC West with the Seattle Seahawks. Um, you know what? I, I've never really owned this guy. I might've just sporadically, you know, here and there over the last few years, but can you, another uh, no love club guy here, Doug Baldwin, why is there never, and I know coach is a huge Doug Baldwin guy. Why is there never any love for Doug Baldwin? People look at Wilson as a top three quarterback option. Um, and for some reason, his wide receiver one just is, is overlooked all the time. Like now he's still, you know, uh, probably a, you know, top four or five round pick. Um, I understand he's getting he's getting up there a little bit, but why is there just no love for Doug Baldwin, who consistently puts up solid numbers, who will never really stray farther than a you know high end, I'm sorry, low end one to high end two for you? Why is it that he just doesn't get the respect in the dynasty and, and fantasy community that I think he deserves? Dude, people care like my, me myself way too much about where they were drafted in the NFL draft. Like if you were, I, I want to say he was a UDFA out of Stanford and if you didn't perform your first couple of years and then you had a fluky second half of the season where you scored 12 touchdowns in like six <laughs> games and then you yeah. put one more good season together, but now you're 28, 29 people are going to be skeptical of that. And I mean, if you, once again, if you told me he put up a hundred receptions and you know, eight touchdowns, I would say that's in his range of outcomes. But for me, I think it's going to be a shitty offense, and I just have never been a Doug Baldwin guy. He's just not hes not flashy enough for me. And where you're taking him, you're taking him almost in the wide receiver one range. I mean, he's kind of like Golden Tate to me. Like, I just, not a guy, if, if he were 
in the wide receiver three range right now, I would say he's awesome, but nowhere close to that. I mean, you, you don't like him, do you? I don't hate Doug Baldwin, but it's another one of those things where I just, I don't like the price. I don't like, it really depends on my team makeup. Like if I'm going wide receiver heavy, um, if I'm, you know, maybe at one of those, you know, four or five slots where I'm getting like Zeke and then I'm just hammering receivers. If I'm getting Baldwin on the comeback in the three or the early four, like, I don't hate that because he's my two, maybe even my three on that team. But where people are taking him as their one, like you've got to find some home run hitters or, you know, some, some high upside guys later on. So that completely changes your, your draft. Um, I'm more so talking about redraft leagues, but I, I'm not a Baldwin guy. I don't own him anywhere. It's just, he just doesn't do enough of the superficial things for me. Like he's like, a, you know, he's a great take home to mom wide receiver one for you like you know he's, he's not gonna do anything spectacular he's really nice you know really nice guy he's gonna put up some points here but like i want i want fast i want to go fast yeah i got i want some ricky bobby in me here like i need someone who like i can go out there and be like yep this guy can take this one to the house right now like that kid that tyree kill play that you fucking talked about against the cowboys can you ever see doug baldwin pulling that shit no no, no. dude and that's what he's saying. never gonna do that he's never gonna he's never gonna be Devonte adams he's never gonna go up and just like high point a ball and get it. he's never gonna one hand one like odell he's just gonna go out there and like put along and consistently put up points and that's great and he's fine as a wide receiver two or three on my team but like if you're riding that guy's one that is that is vanilla that is boring as shit to me that i just can't get into agreed uh, um so the next one i'll go to is because we're just going to finish up here with the with the west um is the tight end to own in seattle is there anyone who you're putting a chip on Ron? nope this is another one that does not matter matter to me i mean not not an Ed Dixon guy. I don't even know who the fuck else they have there. Who else do they even have? Uh, Nick Nick Vanette. Oh, and Nick then Vanette I think from they Ohio drafted, State. Uh, nope, blocker. Just blocker. No, I'm not. I mean, I mean these guys. I I don't think no one's coming close to what Jimmy Graham did. So I mean, you're you owning these what, guys? What did Jimmy Graham do? Jimmy Graham did what? Was like a ghost of himself and put up red zone numbers. Like if Ed Dixon can go out there and put up fucking eight touchdowns, like. Which is basically, I mean, if you're a, a tight end and you go out and put 30 yards in a touchdown, like, hey, you're a tight end one. And if you do that, like, every other week, you're a tight end one for the year. True, but, I mean, I, I, I'm i not getting behind. I'm not getting behind any of these guys. I'm just pulling up now the the, the Ed Dixon contract. So he signed, let's see here, three-year, 10.7, three-year, $14 million contract. That is ludicrous. Um. It's only for 10.7, but it had a pretty big signing bonus. Um, not a huge dead cap number, but, like, they paid Ed Dixon, who who had some games in Carolina. Like, by no means am I some sort of, like, Ed Dixon fucking truther out there. The guy's 31. Like, I don't think he's going to go out there and put up things. But um, in a position that I punt most of the time, and I try to just play matchups, and I, I, I try to move things around and shift things around, like, unless you're in some sort of, like, tight end premium league, like, I can see where Ed Dixon can hold some value. I, I Fuck Nick Van Ed. I'm out of Nick at um the rookie they got there would they get uh disley dilsley what did they get well disley yeah i'm 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 not in on that but um so i can see a world where, where ed dixon can put up like here's what i'll say i can see a world where ed dixon finishes as a tight end one not puts up like tight end one numbers like that you're you know like that are comparable to that of a wide receiver that you think you can start this guy he's a locked and loaded guy but i would not be surprised if you know at week, you know, at the, when week seventeen comes to a close, Ed Dixon has somehow snuck his way into a wide receiver. I'm sorry, tight end one numbers. 
Um, so that will wrap it up for our West conversations there. I'm just going to go through a couple of this or that's Ron, and that'll, that'll do it for the boys here tonight. So, um, I got a couple interesting ones. Uh, they're, they're a little, you know, you have to do some thinking on them. Um, but so let's go with this or that. Would you rather have whoever comes out in front? So any of these guys of the running back committee from green Bay or Indianapolis? Uh, I don't think anyone's coming out from these things. I think these are going to be committees. Um, I would rather, I'd rather have the green Bay running back. If there was going to be just one, would you, what do you think? Uh, yeah, it's interesting to me. Cause I mean, when Ty Montgomery was out there, like getting it done and catching a lot of pass, you know, cause I'd like to think that either of these running backs, you can't say that one's going to catch more passes than the other. You know, this is assuming that Andrew Luck is there and healthy and alive and isn't dead. Um, if Andrew Luck is there, which is like the premise I'm kind of going on here, um, I, I, if like Jordan Wilkins somehow gets those the bulk of the carries and somehow learns how to catch the football, like I can see that. Um, I'm I'm just gonna agree with you though. I'm gonna go with the Green Bay guy. Whoever whoever is the lead guy in Green Bay, <clears throat> Aaron in Week Three. Um, I will I'll, I'll take the Green Bay guy there as well. Um, next one I have here is a little bit of, you know, younger quarterbacks and let's just talk about, you know, this one will be for only dynasty purposes going forward. What combination would you rather have? Would you rather have Jameis Winston and Ronald Jones or Baker Mayfield and Nick Chubb? I'll go Baker Mayfield and Nick Chubb. I mean, I, uh, I'm not as big of a Jones guy. I, I love Chubb. And then quarterback to me in a one quarterback league, it, it doesn't matter that much. I mean, I can just always replace it. And Baker Mayfield, you know, the number one overall pick, those guys, uh, those guys get some chances. And Baker Mayfield actually was a baller in college. Uh, who knows what happens though in the in the NFL? Yeah, I'm gonna agree with you. Um, I'm I've actually been kind of rising on Jones a little bit. I've been trying to buy him in a handful of places uh, unsuccessfully. Uh, I don't know. I can, I can see scenarios where, where Jones can kind of be last year's Dalvin Cook. Um, I know I've heard that a few, a few different places. I don't know if that's just kind of a lazy narrative there. But, you know, this undersized guy who, quote unquote, can't pass block, who's OK at pass, you know, at, at catching balls out of the backfield. Um, but he's going to be in a good offense. He's going to have enough things there to kind of take pressure off of him. Um, Nick Chubb's kind of got a pretty big uphill battle. I, I mean, I think Kareem will rise to the top there, I think, by you know, halfway through that season, um, he could be a guy. I've also read some things talking about where, you know, if there's a training camp injury, Carlos Hyde just getting shipped off. They're just going to roll with Nick Chubb and that new newly signed Duke Johnson there. So that was kind of crazy to me, but it sort of made sense to a degree. Like, yeah, we're just going to dump off this Carlos Hyde contract and here's, you know, and now this is your Nick Chubb guy, uh, Nick Chubb backfield going forward. Um, but I, I'm going to go with the, uh, the Mayfield Chubb side as well. I'm a, Big, big maker, Baker guy. Loved him in college. I love to do like just the, the dude's, you know, love for the game. I mean, he's bet on himself time after time after time, and he's come out on top. I know he's going to the factory of sadness, and it probably won't end well for him, but I'm really rooting for him. Um, the last one I have here is this or that. Season's end, wide receiver one for their prospective team. Would you rather have the Jacksonville wide receiver one? And I feel like these are just loaded too much for you. Or the Baltimore receiver one. Baltimore wide receiver one. Michael Crabtree's getting 150 targets, baby. <laughs> All right. 
So you're you're not into anything on Jacksonville? Do you think it's just going to be too spread around there? Like, oh yeah, we went over this last week. Uh, it was it was not as not. I mean, I don't I don't think any. I think the number one option there is at best a rotational wide receiver three. Um, I would say D.D. Westbrook's my guy. Just maybe he ascends, but I could see why someone would say like Keelan Cole or Marquise Lee. But I don't think I don't think the upper the high ends there. I don't think the ceilings there. Right. Um, yes, yeah, I'll probably agree with you. I think, uh, I think crab would be the guy. I think John Brown, if he's healthy is, is sneaky, could, could sneaky slide in there. Um, I think all of them are more talented and, and maybe not, they don't have the physical tools that Moncrief has, um, or like the speed, like someone like a shark or, or a Cole has. So, so that'll be interesting. And I, I want to say that it was our boy, Tim Torch there where, um, I think it was a different podcast, but they were saying it in a lot of best ball drafts or even just redrafts or any dynasty draft, you know, depending on where these guys are just with your last round pick, every one of your last round picks. In a, and I was talking about this with Turley today, put a chip on one of the, the Jacksonville receivers, like whoever your guy is. So let's say that, let's say that Ron. we'll finish with that one. Who is your guy that you're going to put a chip on? It's, you know, round 16, 17, 18 redraft. Who are you putting? And I'm assuming that all of these guys are going to be available. Who are you putting a chip on in Jacksonville? Oh, I would go D.D. Westbrook. And if not D.D. Westbrook, I'd go Keelan Cole. All right. Um, I I would probably go Moncrief. I just I feel like Coach has hyped him up for so long. He's just a lazy, shitty player, but he's got such physical tools. I'd like to say he'd be able to get it done. But um, D.J. Chark is an interesting one, too. I've seen some analysts just love this guy. I think it's someone who they also moved up to get, who they spent some decent capital on when they have on like wide receivers, not a need for them. Um, so that one's interesting, but um, that'll do it for this week's uh, edition of the Mantown uh, football podcast. Uh, so give us a like subscribe. We hope to see you guys back next week. Uh, Ron and I will be back. We hope the rest of the boys will be back and in good spirits and we'll talk to you guys soon. Peace.